Hey everybody, this is episode 3 of the Mood Diary Pod. Hi everybody and welcome to the Mood Diary Pod episode 3. Um, today we'll be doing stuff slightly differently. Um, I wanted to kind of do more of um, an education episode where we were sort of talking about depression. So... I have a copy of the DSM-5, um, a digital copy, which you can get online. I can't remember which specific um, website I got mine from, uh, but it's the official DSM-5. If you look out there, um, Google, you may be able to find uh, the PDF document like myself. Um, so just talking about um, depression, really, and I just kind of wanted to cover a few things that are in the DSM-5. And it's kind of to... It's kind of to end the stigma around depression and the misconceptions of it. So to kind of look at it from a very um, diagnostic and um, clinical view, really. Because I think as individuals, anyone who is listening to this podcast who suffers from depression, as individuals, we do we do have a feeling of what depression is, but we can't always put the words into the atmosphere and sort of explain what those feelings are which is quite hard um so what i was thinking of doing is um kind of breaking down sorry about the noise kind of breaking down my my individual perspective of what it says in the dsm-5 and it may be wrong so it's only an opinion um i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a doctor i'm just reading um and using what knowledge from experiences I have myself so everyone's going to experience things slightly different so if you disagree with anything I say that's cool um and yeah it's 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 not a this is not a clinical um this is not a clinical opinion but it's read all the all the information I'm reading from DSM-5 is um written by uh doctor psychiatrists so um, I'm trying to read from like an official document, essentially. But also anyone listening who doesn't suffer from depression or hasn't suffered from depression, but wants to know a bit more, has somebody that they're worried about or somebody that they know suffers with depression, it might be worth listening to as well to kind of understand a little bit, maybe break down some of the cliches um, about depression just being sadness or being able to snap out of it or... Um, people with being depressed and and people perceiving those people as lazy or or grumpy or not very nice to be around um it's just to kind of break down some of those stigmas um you know we've all heard those stereotypes we've all heard those those stigmas out there it's just kind of to to help us kind of get past that so let's start we'll try and keep this quite short this podcast but who knows with me to be honest with you So this is the major depressive disorder diagnosis criteria. So you need five of these following points and they need to be present over a two week period and not related to any other medical condition. Um, It can either be a depressed mood or a loss of interest or pleasure. Um, That has to be one of the symptoms, sorry, that you have to have either a depressed mood or loss of interest as well as these points. So depressed mood most of the day, nearly every day, as indicated by either subjective report Feel sad, empty, hopeless, or observation made by others, e.g. appears tearful. 
Um, children, adolescents, it can be an irritable mood, it says in brackets. So it's slightly different. Um, but remember, this is me reading from a book. I'm not a psychiatrist, but it's just to kind of get some of this information out of the people that are unaware of it. And point number two, markedly diminished interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities most of the day and nearly every day is indicated by either subjective account or observation. So, so summarising the first two points, like depressed mood uh, most of the day and nearly every day is indicated, um, feel sad, empty, hopeless. So for anyone that's um, actually suffered with depression and is diagnosed with depression or, or feels like they are um, suffering with depression if you do feel like you're suffering with depression do reach out for help um it isn't all bad out there there's a lot of good people out there and you don't always have to go down the psychiatrist or doctor's route but there's other stuff like cbt and talk therapy there's charities out there as well who provide um therapy for people on low income so um there is options out there just keep looking keep asking um, and keep exploring different options and so the depressed mood. So for me, when I'm depressed personally, I get a lot of feelings of hopelessness. Um, I do feel sad sometimes as well. Um, emptiness is quite common. So anyone that feels the same, it, it, is, it is normal if you're suffering with depression to feel a bit empty and a bit hopeless. Sadness I do sometimes feel as well. I'd say the hopelessness and the emptiness, like, what's the point? That's how I feel, like, sometimes when I'm depressed, it's like, what's the point? Like, I just don't get the point in life sort of thing. But when you come out of that depression, that feeling goes, and that's how you know you're depressed, and it's not just the way you feel about life, because you come out of that feeling, and you're like, actually, I don't actually, I don't actually feel like that all the time. I just feel like that when I'm depressed. And definitely there's a feeling of, a slight feeling of sadness for me, but I'd say the emptiness and the hopelessness um, is definitely there. Um, appearing tearful, I don't, I'm not too tearful, but I have had moments in my life where I've been upset to the point where I'm depressed and I've been up, sorry, I'm depressed and I've been up to the point where I'm, I'm at a tearful point, do you know what I mean? Um, but the most common ones for me, emptiness and hopeless, hopelessness, sorry, but that might be different for you, you out there listening or people, um, listening who have a loved one or somebody they care about, um, or somebody they know that is suffering or they suspect is suffering from depression. But like I say, you need to seek help, um, from somebody if you're feeling these feelings, it's very important. Um, and then the point number two that I just said, um, diminished interest in pleasure, that definitely happens to me. I, I lose interest in all the things that I that I get excited about when I'm not depressed or when I feel slightly like hyped up about stuff like I will lose I will lose that in a in an instant you know I will lose that um, feeling but I I, I will sometimes carry, have the strength to carry on with it but other times I'll just be like you know what I don't care I think that's the biggest feeling I get sometimes I don't care in my head it's like I'm gonna be late for work I don't care. Or I'll say it out loud, I don't care. And it sounds really like blasé, but it's deeper It's deeper than I just don't care. Like I don't care. Or whatever, I don't care, whatever, whatever. It's deeper than that, it's like I actually don't care. And it's like, again, it's only when you're depressed that you feel like that if you're suffering from depression. It's not like an, 
when people are judging you, oh, that, oh, he's got a bad attitude, she's got a bad attitude, then, you know, they've got a bad attitude, it's not, it's not actually like a bad attitude, it's actually usually an underlying mental health issue, either whether it's depression or one of the number of other mental health issues or a comorbid, comorbid issue um, that people that people are dealing with um, daily or weekly or you know these things they come and go for people like myself or sometimes they last for a long long time until people get help so it's important not to not to sort of like judge people too much in these situations because you know when people like start you know sleeping in or not caring about stuff so it says diminished um, pleasure in all or all or almost all activities most of the day nearly every day so it doesn't mean you have to be like like really like there's people out there that suffer really bad with depression but you can still have depression and just be a bit worse at your day you know and be a bit worse interested so uh, for me I'm not interested but I will eventually get to the point where I'll do something but it, it's it's a struggle it's a struggle so I won't have much interest in what I'm doing but I'll be able to just uh, I'll be able to just about manage um whereas other people it's a lot more intense where it's like they've got n no interest as in like they're not even going to make just just they're not even going to you know be able to get to the point where they can just about survive and do it so it's it's different for everyone so it is very it's a very subjective um, thing as it says in there, as in, indicated by either subjective account or observation everyone suffers with their depression a bit differently and their lack of interest and pleasure um, but yeah that's, that's something that I definitely have suffered with so that fits in with my diagnosis of um, moderate depression um, which I was which I was given, I wasn't given major depressive disorder but let's talk about major depressive disorder um, so the third point is significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain e.g. A, cha a change of more than 5% of your body weight in a month, or decrease or an increase in appetite nearly every day. Um, in children, consider failure to make expected weight gain. Um, so for me, I've always been underweight anyway, but I have had I have had periods in my time, let's say, so I'm going to do it in stone, where I've been like 10.5 stone, I've had periods where I've been 8.5 stone, and I have seen my weight, has decreased um in the past by i think i went from ten and a half stone to about eight and a half stone in a in a month or two um whether that was relatable to my depression at the time i'm not sure but i don't weigh myself too often now but i know that i sometimes lose a bit of weight so it has happened to me before i'm not 100 percent sure if it's related to my depression or not but i definitely have lost weight and i've not known why i've lost weight because but I bet I've definitely been stressed at the time that I've lost weight in the past when I was a bit younger, so it wouldn't surprise me if that was one of the symptoms I've had before. Um, so I think that's quite common. So if anyone loses weight, everyone, I think a lot of people look about look on people putting on weight when they're depressed, which is still a big issue. Um, but actually losing weight is a very big issue, especially if you're underweight. Um, to start with, you know, if you're going down into dangerous territories of weight, um, yes, yeah, you know, go get checked out, 
make sure your health's alright as well, like your physical health, because weight, you know, weight is just a number, but it gets to the point where you have to be a bit careful, really. Um, if you're if you're if you're not the right um, BMI and you're not you're not you're not close to where you need to be, um, scientifically speaking, everyone's gonna fluctuate a little bit. I'm always been underweight. I should probably be about eleven stone, and I. I hover around about nine stone at the moment. So I'm quite an active person. So I could do putting on some 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 like healthy weight or whatnot. But um yeah, you've always got to be careful of like fluctuating up or down. But down's down can be very dangerous as well. So just to look out for anybody if they if you feel like they've lost a bit of weight and just to just to talk to them in a nice way, not in a oh, you've lost weight, weight, just to see how they're doing. If you noticed it, it might be a clue that they may have um, something going on, you know. Uh, they may have stuff going on in their head or they may have stuff going on with their body. So it's just good to check in with them, see how they are, if you've, if you've noticed a drastic difference. Um, but again, not to be judgmental. Everyone's weight does fluctuate. We all go up and down a little bit, but drastic change. if you notice drastic changes... I try not to focus too much on the weight, but just to see, check in with that person, see how they are, because they may tell you that they're feeling a bit like the first two symptoms. You know, you, like they feel a bit disinterested in stuff, and they're struggling to get out of bed, or they they feel sad, they feel empty, and if those symptoms are there, you may want to go and get help um, by somebody like a professional um, CBT or if you want to go on medication, they they may they you may want to go and get some antidepressants, etc. But obviously, go and see a professional first. Don't judge that off this podcast because you know I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, but it's just just to give some education out there, really, for anyone that hasn't read the DSM five, just to know what to look out for for depression. The fourth one on the list is insomnia and hypersomnia nearly every day so this can affect people where i don't know a huge amount about this right but i know that i have had trouble sleeping where i've stayed up or i couldn't get to sleep and we've all had a few nights like that probably especially when there's stress on your mind so for anyone that has this daily just to keep an eye on it because not sleeping or sleeping too much or not being able to sleep at all or not sleeping as much as you can or should if somebody isn't getting the six to eight hours i've got me i don't always get the six to eight hours um eight hours is preferable then there could be something going on so just to keep an eye on that within yourself and keep an eye on it from the people you love as well and again just check in with those people every now and then say hey how are you be genuine don't it doesn't need to be a false thing where you're trying to find that information. Just be genuine. Just check in with people, you know. Especially if you notice, if, if it's a partner or somebody you live with, you notice they're not sleeping very well. You know, just see how they're, see how they're feeling. Go go grab a coffee or something. Or go grab, um, uh, go grab something to eat with each other. Or sit down, chill out together and, you know, have a chat. You know, you don't know what's going on. You might be able to unlock something and, you know, notice something. and Or you might think, actually, they're just 
having too much caffeine at night, etc. Still not good. Like maybe maybe not a coffee then if they're if they're having too much caffeine or if they're oversleeping. Maybe because they're they've they're overdoing it as well. You know, there's plenty of reasons, but it could be a very clear sign of depression as well. So you got to keep out an eye on these things. So if you're having trouble with sleep or you're sleeping too much, sleeping too little, I've I. I've definitely had the sleeping too little, and at times I've slept more than I usually do. But I wouldn't know if it falls into either of those categories, so I'm not going to claim that. But I've definitely had problems getting to sleep before, 100%, where I've stayed up all night. But whether it's whether it's to do with insomnia or hypersomnia, I wouldn't be able to tell you, so I'm not going to claim that. So number five. So give me a second on this one. Psychomotor agitation, and it says... These are these words um, from the book. Psychomotor agitation or retardation. And this is from the book. This isn't my words. Nearly every day. Observable by others. Not merely subjective. Feelings of restlessness. Or being slowed down. Uh, so this one's a bit confusing for me. But from what I can take it... Um, Yeah, so from what I take from that, it's um, yeah, feeling yeah, feeling re- restless. I've definitely had before, hundred percent had. Being slowed down a little bit, I've had a bit of that before, but I've definitely had the restlessness where um, I felt very like I need to do stuff, I need to do stuff now, or I need to, um, or I can't concentrate, I can't, I just can't stand I've I've definitely got a problem where I can't stand still but I feel that that's when I'm not depressed as well so I'm not sure if it fits into that but if you're if you're noticing someone is um being very yeah just speaking just being diff acting or speaking different whether it's more agitated or um or just like really like blah like sort of like really slowed down and um kind of moving slow very lethargic i it's something to be concerned about definitely if you feel like it's a change in that person because i mean the restlessness and the agitation is never good for healthy for a person um to feel every day you know, in moments, yeah, but every day it's not good. And being slowed down can be quite quite detrimental as well, especially if you're, like, trying to maintain your life, work and everything. It can really make it difficult. So, yeah, I can't comment too much on that. I feel like that may be a bit out, out of my depth. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, I've definitely had restlessness, restlessness before, so that's a really hard word to say. Um, so number six is fatigue or loss of energy nearly every day. I think a lot of people that have had depression have can probably relate to this. I've definitely felt that. And the difference between having high energy and motivation to do things, to literally feeling like my legs don't want to move, that I can't get out of bed, that I'm glued to the bed, um, that every job is using so much energy. Every time I move an arm or walk, if I'm doing a physical job, everything is a lot. Just It just takes it out of me. So I've definitely had that, and I've had that for periods. I've had that 
um, this year where I've just really struggled at work and everything is really hard, really hard work, really hard to manage. So, yeah, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. So, yeah, if you notice people are struggling or they look tired or fatigued and uh, that, you know, and they've got other symptoms to go with that, it could be that they're suffering with depression. So, just to keep an eye on that for yourselves or f- what externally for other people as well. But remember, don't diagnose yourself. Um, but just because I'm saying don't diagnose yourself doesn't mean you can, cannot have an idea. Take take what you learn and what you read into your doctor or your psychiatrist um, and they'll be able to give you a better a better idea of where you're at. But try and be as honest and detailed as possible. I think I could have done better in my psychiatrist appointments and be a bit more open and a bit more clearer. It is difficult because you've got like an hour of time and it does feel quite pressured in some situations. But if you get it, you know, if you get all the information out there, it can really help. So just try and re- try your best to relax. If you feel like you need to go with someone else, they often let other people come in with you, like, like one other person come in with you. So if you need some help on that and somebody noticing some of the external stuff, definitely do it um it's really worth doing it especially if it improves your life um number seven this one this one i can definitely relate to number seven feelings of worthless worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt and in brackets it says which may be delusional nearly every day not merely self-reproach or guilt about being sick um right so basically for me yeah so yeah definitely definitely had the worthlessness thing a little like definitely depression and yeah yeah i suppose i've had the other other symptoms as well excessive excessive guilt inappropriate guilt yeah i think I think when you feel like this, I think it's quite a dangerous state of mind. So it's definitely, it's definitely time to talk to somebody if you feel like this, because it's not a nice feeling. And I think everyone says depression is, it's just being sad. I say everyone, a lot of people still think depression is about just being sad. But actually, when you read through these symptoms and you listen to these symptoms, you'll realize that it's more complicated than that. And the feeling of worthlessness it's just something else it's just not even if it's temporary it's just so debilitating sometimes to feel that every day and it it becomes it becomes very um old and it becomes very frustrating and especially if it's an internal dialogue as well that you've got going with it or just feeling like that it's just it's just not a nice place to be i think it's one of the for me personally it's one of the worst places to feel worthlessness because you kind of need to feel something as a human, you know, and when you lose that feeling and you feel worthless, it sucks really bad, really bad. So if you're ever feeling that, try and reach out to somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be a professional at the start, but even if it's a close friend or family member, partner or a stranger, try and reach out to somebody and make us make a start to get, to get away from those feelings because, um, yeah and don't try not to self-medicate even though it's easy to do 
um, with um, with anything, you know, it it can be quite self-destructive, that feeling as well, that worthlessness feeling. So, yeah, it's important not to judge people if they feel this way, because it's it's a very hard thing for somebody to feel this way. So, yeah. Um, number eight, diminished ability to think or concentrate or indecisiveness nearly every day, either by subjective account or observed by others. So, it's different being like not being able to decide, maybe like you're ordering food, not being able to decide what, what food you want or like deciding what colour trainers you want or like, it's maybe I think it's a bit deeper deeper than that. So for me, concentration is a big issue, but I'm not sure if it's related to my depression or not. It might be, but I've always had that issue with my concentration, so it's hard for me to, to say, but not being able to concentrate really is annoying. I've definitely had bad concentration when I've been in good moods and in bad moods so for me I, I wouldn't be sure about whether it signaled depression or not but one thing I would say is when I'm depressed I've definitely had poor concentration um indecisiveness I'm quite a decisive person but I suppose in the past I have been indecisive um but the concentration thing is a bigger thing for me but indecisiveness you may have met somebody who is very indecisive um they you know along with the other symptoms you know it could it could mean that they're suffering with depression so i think it said um five or more so you've got to have five or more according to the dsm5 um to be diagnosed with major depression um it doesn't mean your feelings aren't valid if you don't have five or more because any of these any of these points raised would be would be valid and they are valid feelings still so if you don't have five or more don't think you don't qualify for help they'll you still may need help or it may be there may be stuff that you haven't noticed or you know it's still it's still valid because any of these things aren't nice things to deal with it just may not be major depression or it may be another form of depression so don't ignore it if you don't have five. It's just a guide. This is a guide more for the clinicians to um, diagnose and to put a box around each disorder because they need to know the confines of each each disorder so they know how to treat it um, and they know how to medicate for it or what to um, how to can um, use counselling or cognitive behavioural therapy etc. So the last point on um, point A is. Recurrent thoughts of death, not just fear of dying. Recurrent, um, sorry, recurrent, recurrent suicidal ideation without a specific plan, or suicide, or a suicide attempt, or a specific plan for committing suicide. So this is um, this is one that a, a lot of people may have encountered in one form or another. Um, it's just to say, if you're ever feeling suicidal to or if you know anyone that has told you that they're feeling suicidal stay with that person make sure that person has you there even if they don't want to speak to you you being there in the same room as them it's a very it's very important don't don't leave that person if they've if they've um if they've talked about suicide or insinuated about suicide um you can phone for help um, and advice even if you're not the person um, that's thinking about suicide so there's you can phone helplines etc out there 
um, you can also phone um, your local hospital or the emergency number 999 sorry I should say not local hospital you can go to your local hospital um, so in the UK it's 999 but wherever else you are in the world it'll be your emergency code um, if you feel like there's an imminent risk which there you know you should always look out even if it's yourself if you feel like you're in an imminent risk of doing something that you that you may regret or that you're not sure why you feel this way or if you even even if you're you think this is what you want you can always phone an emergency line or if you don't feel comfortable with that phone somebody you know or phone a stranger phone someone like the samaritans or other organizations out there someone that will talk to you that won't judge that will listen to you you know anything you want to say they will listen to you without judgment and this this isn't you know it's an important thing it's um it's not a fake thing suicide when people talk about suicide it's a it's a very real feeling it's probably the realest feeling you know you'll get with depression it's a real feeling and um it's very confusing for some people as well i know i find it confusing because you can go from feeling a certain way about suicide to not feeling that way once you come out of depression and it's it's a weird it's not a constant thing for me but I know there's people other that go through long 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 periods of depression where that is a is a thought in the the back of the head back of their mind or forefront of the mind so it's important to look out for people and if you hear anything or or think that somebody is planning or considering or thinking about it to get to stay with that person and try and get that person to get help because it, it's not it's not the final it's not the final answer and it's not necessarily what that person wants a hundred percent sometimes it may be in that moment that they feel that way sometimes that moment will pass in a period of time sometimes it won't sometimes it will pass once they've they've had help a significant amount of help or right the right amount of help so we shouldn't give up on people i know there's a lot of arguments for and against um you know people's rights etc but i think if there's if if you're out there listening just just take a moment you know just take a moment talk to somebody you know take your time and talk to somebody you know it's it's a big thing um for myself and I, I know i know that i've definitely had um the recurrent thoughts uh, of death, um, recurrent su- suicide ideation uh, without specific plan, um, and even at times have looked into different ways, which I won't discuss, have looked into different ways. So I haven't made a suicide attempt, so I'm not qualified to talk about that, um, so I won't. But I know how hard it is about, I know how hard it is about 
feeling the suicidal feelings and how intense they can be. Like, it can be really hard. So anybody f- dealing with that, talk to somebody. Um, because there's somebody out there that will listen and you're not alone. As, as alone as you feel in that moment, which I'm sure that some of you will feel alone in that moment, you're not alone. There will always be someone out there. Even if it's a complete stranger, there will always be someone out there that will listen, okay? So, yeah, just take care of each other and don't neglect people, you know, when they've when they've talked about these things or when they've insinuated or you suspect. Yeah, just, it's a very, it's a very tricky subject and I won't talk about it for too much longer, but... All I can say to people is to look out for people and if you feel this way, try try and talk to somebody first or try and talk it through with somebody. It may help. It may help. So it's always worth the shot if it may help. Even if, you, even if you're convinced that it won't help or even you're convinced this is the only way, just try. It, it really may help. That's all I can say to encourage you to try. So, um, so that was all of point A. So point A, and then you need to be diagnosed with major depression. You would have five, at least five of those or more. But it's not to say that if you're experience one or two of those symptoms, which are very serious, you should still seek help. You should still seek help. It may be an underlying issue that's slightly different to major depressive disorder, or it may be that you've not noticed the other other aspects of it because we can be very we can easily trick ourselves to not notice things about ourselves. Um, it's taken me a long while to notice things about myself and I'm still learning now. So don't feel silly if you feel like you've only got a couple of them. You can still go get help because, you know, none of those feelings are good. And there's a few in there that are very intense and they can be very detrimental So to yourself. So yeah, obviously cult. Uh, so point B, the symptoms cause clinically significant distress or impairment in social, occupational or other important areas of functioning. So basically, if you go to work um, and you notice that the symptoms above, any of the symptoms above are causing problems um, at work, you're, you're struggling with your job, you're taking days off, um, you're falling out with colleagues maybe um you can't concentrate because of thoughts or because you just can't concentrate um you you've gained weight so you can't you don't have the fitness um to do your job um you've lost weight so you feel weak uh you're not getting enough sleep or you're sleeping in and missing your alarms you're not interested in your job no more. All these things, you know, they can call passion. And then the same goes for school as well. So if you're still at school, any of these things, um, they could be big clues to um, that you're suffering from major depression. So anyone out there, you know, this isn't, this isn't, depression isn't fake, it's real. It's a real thing. It's not a get over it situation. So you, you, you will need to, you know, seek, seek some sort of help or self-help at least. Um, but ideally some professional help. Um, but it's baby steps sometimes, but if any of the serious symptoms um, 
come up, I would advise getting some professional help. You know, there's people out there, even if it's talking therapy, you know. Um, yeah, so that can also be in your social life, relationships, you know, because sometimes your lack of interest, it can be to do with sex, so it could affect your relationship, or it could be into doing going out, um, so you don't do the things you enjoy, so therefore you spend a lot of time inside, or you'll become reclusive, or not talking with your partner, so these things can affect your relationship, the same with family members, and school obviously, um, any hobbies that you do, you, you're not you're not doing anymore, um, you don't see your friends, all these things, they can be signs, you know, if you're withdrawing yourself, so, um, yeah, to look out for them, so these points are a bit quicker, so point C, um, sorry, the B and C, and the, the, um, the A point was um, the one with lots of different categories underneath it, so point C, the episode is not attributable, sorry, I'm going to say that again, the episode is not attributable you just have to deal with that one, I think, to the psychological effects of a substance or other medical condition. So this one's a bit complicated, because I know people with depression sometimes have self-medicated with other substances, and I know that sometimes there's other medical conditions. But I think a lot of the time they'll get you to do like a blood test, um, or they'll ask you about any pre-existing um, conditions. To do with substance abuse, if you're drinking they may contribute some of your symptoms to alcohol um, and doing drugs, smoking, um, smoking cannabis. They may attribute some of your symptoms to that. But some, I think it's a bit controversial because sometimes I think people do those drugs to self-medicate or they do, um, you know, they drink or they take substances. So to self-medicate so it can be a bit confusing to diagnosis so if you can try and stop um using um substances or um get checked out see if you've got another medical condition you know but and then if those um symptoms carry on you have a they have a pretty clear clue that it's depression whereas it may get a bit murky um if you're doing those things and if you've got any Obviously, if you, I'm not qualified for this, but if you've got any problems with like substance abuse, I have known people very close to me that have been, have had big problems with um, substance abuse. So I say I'm not personally qualified, but I haven't had problems with substance abuse. Um, but I have known people very close to me who have had big problems with substance abuse, and it really has um, ruined parts of their lives. And that, and it's to try and get help for it before it gets out of hand anyway. So. I always encourage that. Um, like I say, it's not not my place to say, but it's just my uh, my opinion on it is that if you can get the help that you need instead of abusing substances, it may be a bit, a bit more beneficial. But I I know the temptation, um, but you don't you also don't want to end up with an addic addiction or a problem um, with that because it's not it's it's not a great existence um, for a lot of people. So just to try and look after yourself and make sure that they're not confusing um, your use of substances or have medical conditions as well. Uh, so it says no eight no sorry no A to C criteria represent a major depressive episode and there's a second note 
Responses to a significant loss, e.g. bereavement, financial ruin, losses from a natural disaster, a serious medical illness or disability, may include the feelings of intense sadness, uh, rumination about the loss, insomnia, poor appetite and weight loss noted in um, criteria A, which may resemble a depressive episode. Although such symptoms may be understandable or considered appropriate to the loss, the presence of a major depressive episode in addition to the normal response to a significant loss should also be carefully considered. This decision inevitably requires the exercise of a clinical judgment based on the individual's history and the cultural norms for the expression of distress in the context of loss. Sorry, my reading's not the best in the world, but it's, it's better than it was. Anyway, so point D. So the occurrence of a major depressive episode is not better exp is not better explained by schizoaffective disorder, schizophrenia, schizophreniform disorder, delusional disorder, or other specified and unspecified schizophrenia spectrum, and other psychotic disorders. So basically, if you if you're if the doctor or psychiatrist believes that you're more likely to have one of those disorders. It may not fall into the depression um, category. It may just be a... You may have symptoms that cross over, or it may be comorbid, from my understanding. But, yeah, you, if you have... If you have anything from one of those disorders, or if you have one of those disorders, I should say, then it may not be depression. It may be a bit different. So, um, if it's better explained by one of those disorders, uh, you may not have depression, you may have one of those disorders. And then, num uh, sorry, letter E. There's never been a manic episode or hypermanic episode. No, ex this, this exclusion does not apply if all manic-like or hypermanic-like episodes are substance-included, sorry, induced, or an attribute to the psychological effect of another medical condition. Right, so like a manic episode so you if you have basically if you have these symptoms and you have a manic or hypermanic episode you may be diagnosed with um a bipolar disorder um you've got one two or psychothymia or rapid cycling or unspecified so the medication and treatment for this is different so you need to be you need to be open with your psychiatrist and if you feel if you feel like your moods go up and down um, to the point of different extremes and you're engaging in risky behaviour or you're engaging in um, stuff that's a bit out of character, um, then you may want to look into the symptoms of a hypermanic episode or a manic episode because there may be things that you need to tell your doctor that you wouldn't think to tell your doctor. Or you may have people around you that have noticed changes in behaviour, um, which may which may mean that you have had a hypermanic or manic episode. Um, it's quite tricky to diagnose bipolar disorder, so you may not have you may not explain yourself properly to a doctor, a psychologist, and they may diagnose you with depression or they may not fully understand and they may diagnose you with depression or they may not see any manic um, episodes or have manic episodes when they actually meet you 
so they may not diagnose you. So it's a bit it's a bit of a complicated one. A lot of people with bipolar disorder get diagnosed after they've been diagnosed with depression. So it's quite common. Um, but if you're really concerned about it, raise that point and discuss it through with your psychiatrist or doctor um, because there is a different treatment plan and and from what I've read antidepressants can cause you to go into a manic episode um, which aren't always fun so they can result in some really detrimental things happening in life so and some bad decision making um, some dangerous actions etc so yeah be very careful to make sure you explain um, clearly if you have any concerns about that or if you're a partner or a family member or a friend that has any concerns about that or you've noticed something that the person hasn't noticed, which is quite common. Um, but yeah, there's different um, there's different levels of um, depression. So we all have different depressions. So like I said, I was actually diagnosed with moderate depression. I'm a bit uneasy about my diagnosis personally, but that's a separate subject. Um, and I will be having another psychiatrist appointment soon, um, where I'm going to discuss my concerns, I believe, depending on how I feel. I'm a bit changeable in that way. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you're worried about anybody or concerned about anyone that may be suffering with um, depression, whether it's major, mild, moderate, severe, um, with other symptoms, any mental health, any symptoms you've noticed in there, or any symptoms that you think go with other symptoms that they're presenting have a look into it look up the symptoms um but don't diagnose yourself but just give yourself a bit of an overview when you go to the doctor so you know what you're talking but don't try not to talk through other people's experiences talk through your own honestly but if you need a bit of help explaining how you're feeling it can be very difficult to sometimes explain how you feel so just try and try and be as clear as possible and if you need help from anybody just take someone in with you so they can help you and they can give they can give the doctor or psychiatrist um another angle on things and just make sure you get help if you need it because there's people out there there's people out there whether it's friends family psychiatrists cbt um counseling there's there's people out there that will listen a stranger on the end of the telephone do you know what i mean i don't know why i said telephone no one says telephone on the end of your phone do you know what i mean it, there is someone out there and it sounds very cliche but you're not you're not alone and this is what this podcast is about it's about a community to say you're not alone there's a lot of us out there that feel this way doesn't make your case better but you're not alone and just to know that there there is sometimes a different perspective to look on things and there's a different way to to feel you know if you're feeling alone that you, even though you can't help the way you feel, to know that you're not alone when you listen to this podcast or listen to other podcasts or read big blogs, to know you're not alone, it, it adds some comfort, I think, to go, oh, this, this person gets me or this person feels the way I do and let's normalise it, let's take away the stigma for mental health, whether it's depression, whether it's bipolar, whether it's um, schizophrenia, whether it's anxiety whether it's um, a personality disorder, let's take away ADHD, let's take away the the stigma from mental health, personality disorders, behavioural disorders, let's take, let's take away the stigma um, 
you know, we all have men- we all have mental health, not in a way that to say that your mental health is important, but we all have mental health and we've all got to try and look out for each other as best as we can. Alright? And this blog is for this not blog, this podcast is for you. Um to get whatever you want out of it. Um and I hope it helped someone out there to understand depression a bit better or to understand themselves a bit better and think, hang on a second that relates to me or what what I've said relates to you because I've broken it down in a certain way that's a bit more less clinical. So this is what this podcast was about and I hope it's helped. We've covered major depression. I may do something else in the future but I'm I think regarding what I've been diagnosed with, this is um an area that I can talk about a bit more comfortably. Um, even though I feel like I may have symptoms from from other mental health symptoms, um, but I haven't explored it fully with a professional yet, so I won't. I'm not qualified to discuss those things. So it's yeah, we'll we'll try and do something a bit more educational in the future as well, and. But I think next time we'll be discussing again day-to-day feelings of how I'm feeling and try and relate that back um, to you guys so you can get get something out of it and, and some relatability and get that diary feel going again. But thank you for listening anyway um, and I hope everyone has a really nice evening and I'm thinking of you all. Bye. Thank you for listening. That's episode three finished now. Follow us if you like what you're hearing so far and tune into the next episode. You can follow us on Twitter at The Mood Diary Pod. That's at The Mood Diary Pod. Speak to you soon.